Hello, Flickin' Fanatics. It's Jesse Swift and Tyler Hall back with an episode of Fan Splash, a splash of all things fandom. Today we're going to be talking about spicy hot takes in the worlds of films, comic book movies, and all that good stuff. And we'll start that right after this. Needless to say, this place has everything. Melvin Dew? 60% of the time, it works every time. What the fuck is a fan splash? Probably switched to the sober toner. <laughs> we're not, we're not, uh, we're doing sober toner, toner boner. And, uh, if you've got a toner boner, that is a completely different hotline. I'll kick it off with Man of Steel's best comic book movie of all time. No, just kidding. That's, <laughs> that's not what we're doing, but we do have, um, some things that we're not trying to be confrontational here or really go after anybody. I've just, uh, and not even really defend my point. It's there's some things that I feel like I disagree with the vast majority of folks on. And I think Tyler feels the same about some stuff. So we just wanted to share with us, uh, share that with you guys, and you know, hopefully nobody uh, dips out and stops following the show. I think I think our hot takes are going to actually work pretty well because I think that um, there's stuff that I disagree about yours, and there's going to be definitely stuff you disagree about mine. Right? With so respect. So with respect, they're good hot takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you want to kick off or if you want me to start? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Go for it. Well, I'll kick it off with one that like, I, you know, after years you get tired of having arguments. And this is one of those ones that I'm tired of arguing with people about. Uh, we've discussed that what got me into comic books and what got me into comic book movies and things was X-Men and Spider-Man, the animated shows in the nineties. I've been an X-Men fan literally probably pretty much my entire life. I'm very protective of the the X-Men as a franchise, as an IP and things. So um, that brings me to what I guess is a hot take because I rarely find people that agree with me on this. And that is X-Men Days Future Past didn't work for me on any level as an X-Men fan, um, as a fan of, you know, films of the genre, the... You know, and I I don't want to just shit all over a movie, but I'll explain my thoughts... I thought the time travel elements were a bit sloppy and haphazard. And I also come from the the idea of the source material and changes are okay, making adaptations. But make you you could tell that they made Wolverine the one to do the time traveling because it was Wolverine. And these films very quickly became Wolverine and the X-Men. Not right. really, yeah. you know, it wasn't... The most so, popular part of it. Exactly. Know? They were... You know, it was it was funny that they made Wolverine spinoffs because I was like, I think the whole X Men franchise is a Wolverine spinoff um, up until we got to some of the newer ones, which did not benefit from not having him in it. Uh, so yeah, it, it should have been you know Kitty Pride, Shadow Cat, but they didn't really explain where her newfound powers came from. Or... Right, because before she could only teleport through walls. Right. Yeah. Um, there's yeah, and then again, because of pop- popularity. A huge focus of the film, very big focus, was Mystique, Raven, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, because, again, it is Jennifer Lawrence. And it felt very unnatural, and they continuously tried to make Mystique the main character in the new films, whether it be First Class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, and Dark Phoenix. It's all about Mystique, (laughs) or the death of Mystique. I, I, I I think that the problem that 
with the shift in mystique is that she is supposed to be just as bitter and as hateful towards humans as Eric is. Right. So, and that's why she is so attached to him. So I think that that kind of like, and granted, I think they're with days of future past, try to make it a different storyline, but I, I agree that the, the shift with mystique doesn't work. And I don't think that Jennifer Lawrence even liked the character. No. And you know, I, much like, you know, Dark Knight. I'm not as big on Dark Knight as a lot of people are, but I, I respect folks for, for liking. There's nothing wrong with liking this movie. We're just talking about things that, you know, we feel differently about. And I had waited a long time to see Sentinels done properly in live action. So you can argue that some of my issues or a large portion of it come from expectation and there's a danger of um, making specu speculation your expectations and then being disappointed uh, with that. But that that is a part of it. I I didn't like where the idea of the future Sentinels came from, or what they looked like in the future or the past. Uh, and unfortunately, they closer in the past, but they did look closer in the past. But then they also looked like they had an AC unit in the middle of their chest, and that was a little bit silly. It it was silly, but you, you'd think that like the fact that they're beyond technologically advanced for their time too in the nineteen seventies was ridiculous itself. Right, and I think. At hopefully a lot of people at least agree with this point we were already tired of bone claws yes, went back yes that, i will agree with that grape yes bone claws and 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 the 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 serum to uh uh reject and hold back uh beast's powers and right. to uh make professor xavier able to walk again and there's not a lot be of things use done his powers like for convenience sake right it seemed like um it's a lot cheaper and easier to have Nicholas Holt not in makeup most of the time or to have Jennifer Lawrence look just like Jennifer Lawrence and right. not be in makeup. Um, so I can't help but feel that, you know, it's it's not fair to compare the X movies to the MCU, but there is a cheapness to a lot of the X-Men films. Um, the, and the problem with using just Charles Xavier's character and not his powers is his power helps give him clarity right. and, and humility as a person. Because Charles Xavier, honestly, is kind of a dick, and sure. he 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 thinks he knows better than a lot of people, even when he knows that he knows better, you know. And he and he doesn't have a hard time showing that and showing him like as a young and more arrogant and sort of like addicted to a substance person uh, wasn't necessarily best for the buddy uh, element of going to break Magneto out of prison and stuff like. You know, he didn't really need to be there. And obviously, Quicksilver is a highlight. I don't need to go over. Oh, that that's the much. first time I... they did that, that that kind of thing to that caliber. That was you know monumental and unique. But then again, something that they overplay not just in future X Men franchises, but in other franchises. To this day, I just watched Black Adam, and there's a scene with the song "Paint It Black" that's a hundred percent in slow motion. And I was like, oh, it's it's Quicksilver. They do it in Flash, both in the film and in the movies. They do it in Sonic the Hedgehog. And again, Black Adam, like you said. So it's just like something that was great that got overused that could have helped elevate the movie. And, uh, you know, it's it's very easy to to rant. Ultimately, there's enough things in Days of Future Past that when it was over, and I thought I was going to be in the um, majority, but I wasn't. <laughs> I was like, wow, that, whoops. Uh, First Class still being one of my favorite X-Men movies. So... It went from like a very high point to me mm -hmm. to Future Past. Days of Future Past is not the worst X Men movie, but it was a big decline in where I, the trajectory of what I was hoping for. Right. 
And, I, I, yeah. I think that uh, the, the the big separation is a lot of people are saying it's one of the best. Right. And you are in complete disagreement. Yeah, and I think that's that's where it comes from. Is it's it's not me saying like I loathe this movie. It's garbage because that's not true. The garbage came afterwards. But yeah, there's a lot of people saying this is one of the best comic book movies of all time, and I'm like, I just have so many problems. Right. With it. Yeah, and that, that that is very fair. So, anyways, um, yeah, I don't need to talk anymore about that. Tyler, what's one of your hot takes, friend? Do you want me to pivot and do a movie that isn't as bad as everyone says, or do you want me to stay on the same kind of note and do one that no, let's, is let's that do is a pivot. Okay, let's pivot. The Amazing Spider-Man Two isn't as bad as everyone says. It's it is. not as bad as it's not says as bad as everyone says it is. Let's it's talk about not great. <laughs> it is not great. Electro, they did mess up pretty bad. Um, well, they did and, the Riddler again, and you'll <laughs> and you'll see you'll see it in when you watch Spider-Man Far From Home when he makes his return. They completely change his character. That does happen a little bit in the movie. He starts to get this ego boost and this confidence change, and he is starting to change his character in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, especially when he teams up with uh, Goblin, just vague Goblin. Is he the Green Goblin in that one? Are you talking about Dane DeHaan? Dane DeHaan. Is he Green Goblin? Goblin? Hobgoblin? Han Goblin? He's the Han Goblin. He's the the Han Goblin. The Han Goblin. Talk about a very promising actor in just a bad role. They announced, because I remember back in 2013 or whatever it was, they said Dane DeHaan, fresh off of Chronicle, was going to be playing Harry Osborn. I said, excellent. So one of the one of the best parts of that movie, though, is is arguably simultaneously one of the worst, yeah. and that's when Electro and Goblin team up, and they uh, kill that guy, and Electro brings him back, and he goes, "Welcome to the bonus round! Like <laughs> you get another chance for your life." But every time Electro shows up, and he's like dancing back and forth, and you know, like uh, like just like going like I'm talking a lot with my hands, but like. When he like phases in and out of like full we'll body to like yeah exactly, they've got that score around him and the way that they light it, it is just so it, it's actually terrifying. For if those you were to, that like, forgot, yeah. Amazing Spider-Man Two is scored by Hans Zimmer. Yeah, and Hans Zimmer did a fantastic job with that electro soundtrack of when he's just like you know, uh, just being electro, making a presence, showing up. It if if you pay attention at all to it, and you were to like to put yourself in the situation. It's terrifying. Right. It's terrifying. And the Electro third act fight is yeah. still gorgeous. And so much of the effects mm-hmm. of Amazing Spider-Man Two are really good. Uh, even even the Spidey suit isn't bad. It's better in the first one. But you you, you prefer the Spidey suit in the first movie? Well, this, isn't it not the one that they used in No Way Home? Was the first suit? No, the first suit was the one with the yellow eyes that looked like a track. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. But then, uh, well, because they must have like melted. Did they melt it? Because he had those like those fucking Beetleborg eyes they're, in they're, the in the in a uh, um, Amazing Spider-Man too. Well, right? I think part of it didn't stand out as much because so much of the costuming in No Way Home was CG as yeah. opposed to practical. So it, right. it looked it all looked different. I guess. Um, but anyway, like there's there's not a whole lot to talk about with the movie, and we're Scores talking about great. Like, you know, Gwen and Peter are fantastic. their chemistry is ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And uh, Andrew Garfield, like, you know, a lot of people say, well, Toby was a better Peter. Andrew was a better Spider-Man. Tom Holland is a good blend of both. I, I think it's just those people to really watch all the Spider-Man movies back to back and say that to me again. I, 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 you know what? It's just how you want to perceive sure. Peter Parker and how they want to portray him. And honestly, I don't think they've done a terrible job ever. 
Uh, I think that where they they went wrong was maybe a lot of studio meddling with uh, with uh, creators and also casting actors that were already too old, you know, far too old for for the role that they were trying to play. But uh, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone's chemistry, obviously, there was real life chemistry, too. So it, it helps. But Gwen and Peter, fantastic. There are elements of it that are great, but then you get into, you know, the 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 ridiculousness of it. The rhino, the goblin. The rhino, uh, yes, but the opening with Paul Giamatti is one of my favorite okay. elements of the movie. But why Paul Giamatti? You could have, like, nothing know. wrong with Paul Giamatti, but you could have picked anybody else. I'm an anybody else, it would have been, been, been better with anybody else. The way that he was he, just not good for that. The way he antagonizes Alexi, though, and he's, like, hanging on the window, he's like, hey, you can call me Spidey, you can call me Webhead, just don't call me late for dinner, you know what I mean? And he's just, like, going on super motor mouth. All of that and like catching all the little canisters and stuff right. in the back of the van was very Spider-Man. It's honestly one of the most Spider-Man sequences. Well, I think like you know, like even Jamie Foxx's Electro in No Way Home works really well. Sure, but like I think that the reason that Vulture worked was because it was Michael Keaton. Yeah, like Michael Keaton is such an amazing and phenomenal actor. Imagine if they cast Vulture as Paul Giamatti. You know, cer- certain actors for certain things are never going to work. Even if they are good actors and they, they're good at what they do and they're, they're fine in other things. So can we say that Amazing Spider-Man 2 was disappointing, but it's not a travesty? No, exactly. Yeah. And I think it does a good job of bringing the comic book to life as well. I think that they use some good comic elements in it. That are. Good. I think you could have done a three, hopefully, and that would have like saved it. Yeah, that would have been know. like maybe really good and just like, okay, so two's the weaker of the three. But it's but not we fantastic. Like, we it's like, like Homecoming is the weaker of the... The You're the only person movie. that agrees with me. Well, it's it's still it's still a really good movie. Vulture's fantastic. Yeah. I don't mind the Iron Man stuff so much anymore now that the character's more well rounded and we have like a we just a realized true origin. We got it. a three film origin basically. Right. Watch Peter Parker be more like of a serious tonal shift in this. Like he's not like naive. He's more like protective of like who he is and yeah. stuff like that. But anyway, also every time I watch the Aunt May scene where peter's trying to find out about his dad and she's like no you're my boy uh, it makes me sob dude oh dude did that yeah like uh, sally Field. Where, where else do they do that they don't do that in other spider-man movies it's like you it, know aunt may aunt may is mad at peter parker for keeping uncle ben's the circumstances of his death from him and even cuts off talking to him for a while in the original trilogy with toby mcguire yeah. sam raimi this Aunt May, she she's like, no, I raised you. They left. They went they into dangerous waters and they died. And I'm your mother. Like, yeah. and, and it's a real mother's feelings for her child. Like, you're spending so much time. I got goosebumps, finding dude. It. So she am I. You're spending so, so much time. Like, I get it. They're your parents and they're dead and or they're gone. And like, you loved them. But I, what about me? You're clinging on to a marriage. I'm all you have left. You had more years with right. your Aunt May than you right. did without. Right. So that, that was a good job. And I, I love Marissa Tomei. I do. But even in No Way Home, I never felt like she ever was given the opportunity to carry the emotional weight that Sally Field did. Yeah. Field did. Fantastic. So. And yeah, and then she she did a great job. But like, yeah, they, they kind of went another direction with her character, which makes sense why they, you know, but they should they should have fleshed her out more. They had They had three movies to do it. Four, even if you can't civil war, so um, that's all I have to say about that. It's just not as bad as everyone says it is. It's it's got its redeeming moments, and it's it's just not a terrible movie. 
All right, I'm going to, because we don't have a live studio audience with us. I, I have two potential hot takes. Um, and, you know, because I am, I'm a super comic book nerd and stuff, my hot takes are often about comic book films. So I'll, I'll let you make a choice. I have a DC Ooh, okay. hot take. I'll do it for, because I have, I have two left and we'll, do, we'll just do one more each. Okay. Right? I have, I have two that come to mind. One's a Marvel hot take. One's a DC hot take. I'm curious what one you would like to hear. I think I know what your DC one is, <laughs> but I, I never want to steer away from your chance to talk about it. So, all right. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll say what my Marvel one is without diving into it. Uh, in my Marvel rankings, Shane Black's Iron Man three is the bottom. Sure. And I don't mean in the bottom section. I mean, I would rather watch Incredible Hulk or Dark World, anything that makes me less angry than that or movie one. does. Uh, what's that? I, 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 I prefer the dark world to the first thor i i mean i like the first thor uh dark world has moments anyways that's yeah <laughs> so my dc take is tyler do you know who my favorite dc comic character is batman it is the batman yeah um the nolan trilogy doesn't work for me that is not what I thought your hot take was going to be. What did you think my hot, hot take was going to be? That Man of Steel is the best DC film, and nobody. I jokingly it. opened with that for yeah. that reason, but man, I have been arguing that for nine years. <laughs> nine years. It's a, it's it's a good movie, and finally, finally, we're getting a second. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe. Uh, well, we'll see uh, with all the shit that's going on with Warner Discovery. Warner's. But anyway. Anyways, yeah. So no, the the truth. I think Batman Begins is the strongest, and um, I'll, I always feel whenever I tell people that the Dark Knight isn't, you know, it's not only is not my favorite Batman movie, I just don't like it very much. Everyone's like, but Heath Ledger. I'm like, yes, I know Heath Ledger as Joker was a fantastic performance, but I don't think we can ever lean on a a performance to carry an entire film. And my issue was that Christian Bale is a phenomenal actor. And he was even a pretty good Bruce Wayne. He I was a terrible Batman. He's not a great Batman. And the longer we separate ourselves from the movies, the more apparent some of that becomes. And I think it stems really from Christopher Nolan or maybe David S. Goyer and stuff having an idea of like, hey, we could do a Batman movie like mm -hmm. this. And it was their gritty, grounded take, which is cool and all. But I feel like there's so much identity lost. And I'm not saying... In, well, maybe Dark Knight Rises, but I'm not saying any of these movies are poorly made movies. I oh, would no, not yeah, argue yeah. that at all. If you're talking about, like, in Batman movies that have been made so far, they are, like, better quality. I, I think The Dark Knight's probably a better made movie than The Batman with Robert Pattinson, but I prefer The Batman for aesthetics, themes, story. Story, like, it all feels more like... What I Carmine Falcone was legitimately terrifying. The yeah. Riddler's motives. Who would have thought John Turturro right? could have been kind of scary? <sighs> He's a, one of the greatest actors ever, and it, that the Coen brothers realized that very early. So, getting into it, DC Comics for those that don't know stands for Detective Comics, and Batman is the world's greatest detective. He's Sherlock Holmes with a cape. Right. He's supposed to be the face of it. And <laughs> Bruce did a lot of dumb stuff in these movies. Not only that, they didn't really get into the detective work of it and when we get to the point of rises um and there's the passing of the torch and passing of the mantle uh christopher nolan in interviews was like i always thought that you know batman is a symbol ideology that could be carried on and anyone could be batman i said bullshit no <laughs> like you can have nightwing 
-hmm. You can have Robin. You can have, you know, it's why Nightwing stories are called like the shadow of the bat. You can have people that carry on the belief system, but Bruce Wayne's Batman. That's, that's the hard and fast rule. And sometimes you can do something different. Like Miles Morales is also Spider-Man. Well, or like in Batman Beyond, where Bruce Wayne is the guy in the chair and not the guy in the suit, right. but he's still involved. He's right. the he's the mentor. He's the part. You know, he's the brains of the operation. It's it's different. He, he he handed it off. I don't know, but there's something that just didn't feel like he understood it to me. And then you don't you talk about the Bane of it. Bane is Hispanic, <laughs> not Tom Hardy. And so when there's core elements of characters, like everything you go into with Bane in the comics has something to do with him being like part of a cartel or, you know, he speaks, um, you know, he's always saying stuff like Muertes and stuff like that. And in every other incarnation, the cartoons, the video games, they always have stayed true to that. Except in Harley Quinn, where they base it more off of Tom Hardy's. Harley Quinn gets a pass because it's a parody. It does. It does. <laughs> but I think that I think that, that shows how influential these Dark Knight movies are. True. Because I am in agreement with you on them not being like the most fantastic. I, I vastly prefer the Batman to it. And I think that it was a fantastic movie and I, I can't wait for more. I hope that they get to work on the Joker character more sure. a little better because unfortunately I do agree with people, you know, uh, that Heath Ledger did do a phenomenal job as the Joker. But I think that the negative impact of that is that people think that he was quintessential and that nobody could ever hold a candle to it ever again. So no Joker. Granted, they haven't really done a good job of proving otherwise. Sure. But um, now no Joker can be uh, what Heath Ledger was. I got a hot take within a hot take. Live action, Jack Nicholson is my favorite live action Joker. But that, again, comes from the same biases I bring into the Batman, and that is that so much of my fandom of Batman comes from the comics, and Jack Nicholson is so much more of, like, the Joker Joker, mm-hmm. you know, the one that I grew up with, and more closer to the Mark Hamill Joker. Mm-hmm. And Heath Ledger's performance is a better performance, mm-hmm. and an unmatched performance, and it's incredible. It's just, you know, I like to sometimes feel like my Batman movies are Batman movies, and Nolan made Christopher Nolan movies about a vigilante. And I I, I think, too, he kind of also gets put on the pedestal because he died around the same time. I think it was his yeah. last major theatrical release. And I think his last film was like The Imaginarium of yes. Dr. Parnassus. Technically. Uh, but, uh, you know, everybody he, he had already been dead by the time the film came out in theaters. Um. And you, you, you go back to when you said that Batman Begins was the was the strongest of the three. I think the story's the strongest in that movie. It was also the most boring, though. But I agree with you that Batman Begins was the yeah, best. There's one. not a lot of big events until you get to the third act. Sure. In Batman Begins, but I was interested. But Scarecrow was terrifying. Ra's al Ghul was a monster. And Gotham was its own character in the first movie. Batman Begins is about Gotham City. It is. It is. It is. And then they try to revisit that in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Uh, but it just doesn't land as well. Rises being the worst. Dark Knight being an okay film. Batman Begins being an actually decent Batman film. I, I revisited but, all three of them recently. And I found, I was like, I don't dislike these as much as I thought I did. Right. But I still have the feeling that I want something else from they're, Batman. They're, they're not like the, 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 the grand picture of or the, the template for a batman movie they're what is good and can work but there is improvements to be made on those and that should be paid attention to yes um my, my last points i'll make is that uh, aside from being a detective he's also uh, a very ingenuitive 
intuitive? I don't know. And he, he, he builds his stuff. He, in cares. he, he leans too much on Lucius Fox yes. in those films. Um, it, it, it feels like all the heavy lifting is being kind of done by other people, other than the fact that he goes out in the street and punches people. And they didn't lean into how worldly Bruce is. You know, he tried, he didn't go to one mountain in Tibet and, you know, learn how to fight and be a ninja. He was touring the world for right. like five, six years, learning all these languages, all these fighting styles and stuff like that. And I've always thought, and I kind of tried to do a little bit of it with Gotham, but I've always thought it'd be interesting to do like a 10 episode show on Bruce Wayne that happens when he leaves Gotham the first time. Right. And the finale is him coming back and be like, I'm going to do something. Yeah. I think One that, season, um, not eight or whatever. <laughs> or, you know, they almost do a better job at the end of the show Gotham when he, it, it just time skips. He had been gone for, I think eight years or something. And yeah. he comes back. He was gone for eight years. And you show the impact of that when he talks to Selena to Kyle and She's saying, I didn't want to be protected. I wanted you and you left me. And like, they almost did a better job in that, you know, arguably wouldn't hold a candle to this Dark Knight trilogy, right? Yeah. But they almost do a better job of like showing how Bruce Wayne's absence like affected Gotham. Oh, uh, I'm glad you bring up Catwoman though, because like Zoe Kravitz is what I want from Catwoman. Yeah. Anne Hathaway was. Not it. <laughs> it's not that Anne Hathaway is terrible, uh, but it's it's just that like, going back to what I said about like Paul Giamatti's not a bad actor, right? But he didn't fit for the Rhino character. It was almost cartoonishly unfit, right? right? I'll give my final thoughts. The Bruce Wayne, I mean the Batman voice is so bad. I don't know how they just let it go for three movies and they didn't. I like, think I feel like it, it is, got stronger as the, not in a good way, but I mean like I feel like I leaned into it more as the movies went on when uh harvey dent dies in dark knight rises or i mean dark knight the dark knight yeah. i think is when it's like the most like apparently like he's trying to say like a full sentence and give a speech as batman because god the hero with a faith and, then, uh, and well, it's like and once you've watched college like, humor you can't. that's yeah <laughs> i was gonna bring up the college humor thing it's like they're they're not like far off it's that <laughs> bad it's that's that's almost a perfect interpretation or a perfect impression. And Lauren fights me a little that. bit because she's like, Robert Pattinson did it too. I was like, it wasn't as dramatic. Like, it he was. Like it's, like, it's, it's almost like Adam Sandler making the voice bad yeah. in Dark Knight. It's yeah. like, if I watch an Adam Sandler movie, uh, if he does this voice, I'm like, this whole movie's going to suck. I don't, I don't want to deal with this, right? It's, 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 how do you, how do, how are there hundreds of people involved in the movie? And then, like, critics, watching the first movie, the second movie, and then you get all the way to the third movie and you're still doing this shit. Why not? With with Batfleck and the voice changer. Like, oh, that was that. fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. I, I it was love fantastic. That. It was when perfect. I watched, when I watched Why not do that? Arrow with Stephen Amell. I was like, this yeah. is how they should do Batman. And then BBS came out. I was like, that's... that's yeah. Yeah, Talk so, about casting that I, I hated at first that ended up loving. But, yeah. Oh, what? Batfleck? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh... Which I keep forgetting. We will see them again <laughs> someday. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Anyways, final hot take, Tyler. All right. I'll let you choose Batman. since you let me choose. All right. I can do a Marvel one that's like, okay, they're both Marvel, but one is MCU and one is pre MCU. 
And uh, so one is, I, I'm just going to tell you what either of them are. Okay. One is about the Punisher and one is about Multiverse of Madness. Ooh. Ooh. I'd be fascinated in both of those. Um, one's about the Punisher. One's about... I feel like I've almost exhausted my resources talking about Multiverse of Madness the okay. last few months. So let's it's talk about Punisher. Punisher. Yeah. The Thomas Jane Punisher movie is not a bad movie. Everybody hates it. It's like it's like got like a 24%. Does it? Uh, yeah, it's look. it's really bad. It's uh, you know, it was R-rated early on. I think it came out in like 2004. You know? I'm looking this up right now because I love that movie. That movie is uh okay, so right, hot take. I agree with you. It's awesome. There are iconic scenes in it. What? Look, it dude, is twenty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. It's dude. It is really bad, uh, according to a lot of people. And I'm uh, sorry. I like I, John Bernthal is incredible, but like Thomas. Oh, John Jane, John Bernthal is my Punisher, but yeah, Th- Thomas Jane. That movie did a great job. Fantastic job. Made you kill your wife. Made you kill your best friend. Boom. Son, his son blows up. Yeah. Killed your son. And now I've killed you. Like, oh my gosh. Well, and John Travolta, like, talk about, like... Are uh, you on drugs? Yeah. Not right now. <laughs> uh, what about the popsicle scene where he's, like, torturing the guy and, like... He, Darkly he, funny. He's He's got the acetylene torch and he's like, this is so hot that it's got to feel cold. So he, this guy thinks he's being tortured, but he's just sticking a popsicle in his back. Yeah, and he puts it in his mouth. He's, like, <laughs> no, he's like, no! No! Okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. <laughs> he just sticks the popsicle in his mouth at the end. And, and let's talk about, like... Or the battle with the Russian. Yeah. In early, dude, that's a lot. Talk about, like, things that people remember from, like, the Netflix series that were, like, good. The hallway fight scenes yeah. being, like, iconic. That fight with the Russian. He fucking scalds his face. Like, yeah. R-rated early on. The only time that it had worked, like, previously was probably Blade. Blade yeah. yeah. So, it, I it, think the Punisher... Uh, came out within a year of the last Blade film. Yeah, of Trini- was... Trinity was th- 2003, right? I think so. Three. So, yeah, I think Punisher came out in 2004. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think they they were doing like a, like a, they were trying to lightly open an MCU at the time because they made like Daredevil and Punisher at the same time while Spider-Man was, yeah. uh, you know, taking off. So they, they probably tried to, they were going to meld these characters because they tend well, to like a... overlap. Originally, they said Blade Trinity when he like there's like a deleted scene where he like looks up at a building at the end of the movie. Just supposed to be Morbius. Oh, like yeah. they were gonna start a vampire. Verse. Why not Morbius with Blade? Like I don't know why they had to make that damn movie when they could just like it or why why not have Blade be a huge part of the Morbius movie? You know, like you're talking about basically Dracula. Yeah. And uh, among a, a, a bunch of vampires, something that's you know horde. Hey, remember Blade Trinity? Of- Called him Drake, and it was uh, freaking what's the name? Is it Dominic? Some Dominic Purcell, who <laughs> from uh, Prison Break and Legend oh, yeah, of yeah, Tomorrow. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Anyways, back to the original point, uh, Punisher 2004 fucks, yeah, no, it's like <laughs> I think that's an awesome movie, I think yeah. it's a really good. If they, if, such they, a if, they, if they made it now, oh, I'm glad you picked it, yeah, I'm glad that we got this one. But if they if they made it now, you know, I'd want it to be better, obviously. But it, that's not a film that doesn't hold up. Well, he was able to like not only he attacked um, Howard Saint 
it, from every way. Like he attacked his family. He attacked like the reputation or like his friendships and stuff. Like it was a psychological, physical warfare of revenge for what happened to his family. And I was like, I loved it. I could be wrong about this too, but um, first of all, I want to applaud how right away they establish how strong his motives are and very hard and very fast. Oh, and Punisher did it before John Wick. Yeah, they. It's, well, that was his his already dead wife and his dog. This was his whole family, everybody, and dead. not in a nice way. It was like it was they were dead, and um, it was it was really like it shook the audience. I think, and it's like okay, so sympathetic hero. Like I get why this anti hero that goes around killing people is, uh, you know, doing what he's doing. <laughs> um. Howard Saint wasn't a comic book character at the time they made the movie. Was I don't he? Like I think, think he was so, a creative but, character. But I'm also not a, a, a Punisher expert, right. right? But but again, good job, good film, a, a good, good around. I want to go back to Batman briefly. Another thing that I thought of um, that I forgot to mention about what you were saying about Bruce Wayne in the Dark Knight that they did well with uh, Robert Pattinson's. He's a detective. He like turns. He thinks that he's vengeance in the Batman movie, and then he turns a corner and learns that that's not what Batman should be. Yeah, violence begets right. violence, and if you're right. just angry, you're not fixing anything. Right. So where's the learning? Where's the humility? Like, yeah, his back is broken and, like, all that stuff, but where is the... I, I don't know if there's, like, real, like, character change and development in even Bruce Wayne or Batman at all in that entire trilogy, other than what he obviously goes through like with Ra's al Ghul and and when we get to the next movie he's going to have to establish Bruce Wayne yeah because he's just been vengeance and and they showed him as having naivety and being hyper intelligent at the same time because he's so combative with uh Alfred <laughs> in the film which oh my god Andy Serkis as Alfred I don't know why it's so perfect. It's so good. I don't know why it's so good. We can definitely wax poetic about the Batman. Anyway, like it's not. I think I gave that movie like an eight point five because I do have some problems with it. Well, of course, it's not perfect. It's still, I think. But yeah, Punisher is not a bad movie. My uh, my last hot take since you briefly touched on yours was just going to be that Multiverse of Madness is like kind of on the lower end for a lot of people. They have a lot of gripes with them that like I don't have. Sure. And I think it's actually one of my favorites because it broke the mold. It did. You know, you have this Marvel template and the superhero tired trope that like everybody's with and talk about bringing on the right director and the right storyline, the right villains, the right motives. You could argue they could have gone to more multiverses. Sure. You could argue that the Illuminati should have been smarter or more careful. You could argue that like some of the aspects of the film didn't make perfect sense. And you could argue that Doctor Strange should have been more the focus. Who else would have been able to fight the main villain in that film? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, of course it's a Doctor Strange and movie. You also, know? like, Doctor Strange, Stephen didn't win in the end. America Chavez had to say, here's your kids, Wanda, and she scared the shit out of her own kids. And, and this, this is the biggest thing that I love about that movie is because it has so much connective tissue. The first thing he says to America Chavez, or the first major thing he says to her in the, in the movie is when it's the alternate one that he sees in his dream, the 616 yeah. sees in his dream. And he says the same thing to America Chavez 
that he says to Peter Parker about the villains yeah. in No Way Home. And if he had not had those adventures and learned that lesson in, in with... The, like vast multitudes of the multiverse or whatever. In the whatever. grand calculus of the yes. multiverse, your sacrifice is infinitely more important. Yeah. yeah. He hadn't learned that lesson with like Peter Parker before. And he still had to grow and learn because he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. But he has a soft spot for kids. Um, but um, like he's more connected to Peter than he should be, you know, and they established that in that film. Anyway, there's just a lot that I think works and, and Scarlet Witch's storyline. And then they even say in the beginning of the Doctor Strange tells Scarlet Witch verbatim what's going to happen. You know, he's like, what happens to their mother, you know? Um, and then she sees it for herself. She had to see it for herself. That's just like some uh, uh, was foreshadowing, mm -hmm. you know, that was fantastic. Along with every film that Elizabeth Olsen has been in and WandaVision up until this point that established that for the character, we never got so much from a villain before. Right. You know, so anyway, I'll I talk more about my last hot I take. I love that our hot takes yours. are like largely mostly, well, I guess, I guess the back half of we're in agreement, right. or at least I'm in agreement with your yours. But yeah, we can still, even if we agree, we can still call it a hot take because I didn't know that about Punisher. I thought everyone loved Punisher. That just shocked the hell out of me. <laughs> I did not realize. What was your Marvel one? Let's just briefly touch on that on your last one. Oh, I already said it. It was, it was just the Iron Man 3 is the dead last in the oh, DC yeah. rankings. Dude, I, we went reason. and saw that for your birthday. Yes, and we, we went. It was uh, the only to... time I've had like a Facebook event for a movie watch. And uh, we went out for uh food afterwards and it was uh, a pizza place and uh the food like knocked me out i got to the theater a little early uh for the movie and i fell asleep in my car and i woke up after the movie ended <laughs> oh i vaguely remember that now. <laughs> it was wild it was <laughs> so i didn't get to see that one in theaters yeah but uh i i came out hot yeah there's a lot of a lot of a things lot in that. that. Shang-Chi kind of saved it a little bit. Shang-Chi helps, you know, the, the Mandarin aspect, but what they didn't undo, well, no, I was going to say, the fact that what bothered me almost more than Trevor Slattery was Aldrich Killing, being like, I am the Mandarin. I was like, no, you're not, dude. Yeah. He's like spitting fire and stuff. And oh, I was like, yeah. that's not the extremist. The, 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 the metahuman syndrome or whatever, what was that? The, the overheating uh, yeah. stuff? And they never use it again? Like there's not like, there's not like a movie in the multiverse where, or I mean, in the in the MCU where somebody just gets a hold of that shit again and like in Shang Chi when they go to the fighting clubs, somebody has extremists. In oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Is that what it was called, extremists? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's it's it's based off the extremist storyline of Iron Man, which is something totally different. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I remember it was like a fringe group, right? Like they were like, uh, like protesters and then like they got all this stuff. I, I don't know. It's convoluted. Yeah. And they, they start out and then again, talk about the Riddler thing, right? Or the, the Jamie Foxx Electro thing, what they do with Audrey Killian in the beginning. He's like, Oh, I, I have a, a limp and all this acne and stuff. And it was so comically ridiculous. And he's like, Oh, I invented advanced idea mechanics aim. I was like, you're going to do aim. And then they didn't really do aim. And then now right. they might have Modoc in like Quantumania. I'm like, what? Ooh, I got a question for you. What's the question? With Ironheart, is Sam Rockwell coming back? Are they bringing back Justin Hammer? They haven't said, but God, I hope so. I really hope so too. I, I was... love Justin <laughs> Hammer. So Justin Hammer was perfect. Yeah. yeah. 
I was trying to, somebody was telling me that like, oh, I mean, that's obviously when I say Iron Man 3 is in the bottom, that means that I like Iron Man 2 more than Iron Man 3. And I do, I never find anyone to agree with me on that. I was like, I'm sorry, you give me Sam Rockwell. It it does a lot. I have nothing carrying Iron Man 3 for me. I despise most of it. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca Hall as uh, Maya Hansen. Not good. And then she gets like shot offhandedly at the end of the movie. Um, I'm having a hard time remembering everything exactly. from Iron Man 3. And I saw it arguably not that long ago in terms of like rewatches, like a couple years max. Iron Patriot is Norman Osborn, not Rhodey. Right, so right. And that, that's that's another, you know, like most of his suit was was a stolen suit with hammer tech. Yeah. Right? That's what makes him. Right. And uh, yeah, Iron Patriot. Norman Osborn. Imagine doing that. It sucks that in No Way Home they're like Oscorp doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, so I was like, so we just don't get Norman in the, I mean, the But we did. We did, but we don't now. I think it's because they're gonna make Ned Leeds because yeah. imagine where Ned's gonna be without not just his best friend, but his only friend, really. Like right. he'll probably how that well does he different how well does he meld with his with his peers with uh MJ Watson probably going to be, you know, nice to him. They obviously remember that they're friends, but Flash or like any of his other, you know, people like his age, he's going to go into the world feeling like he didn't grow up with a best friend. You know what? The next movie is basically going to be Spider-Man's, what's that famous Christmas movie? Where he wants to be forgotten or die or wish he wasn't around. Oh, uh, uh, Miracle on, uh, or yeah. That's Miracle on 34th Street. That's different. No, no. Gosh. Um, this is like one of the most famous movies of all time. <laughs> I can't. But you know what I'm It's talking. a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful it's Life. A Thank wonderful you. Life. So I'm thinking Spider-Man uh, 4 is Spider-Man. It's, it's a Wonderful it's a Life. Wonderful Life. They got to introduce Miles in it, though. And I think Miles it's should time. play. I think Miles so. should play a major part in the second movie, too. Like, it should be like Buddy. Mm-hmm. And then I think that the third one should be mostly focused on Miles. Because they're still confirmed for another trilogy, right? With Tom Holland. Uh, I don't know if confirmed is oh, for sure. Signed. Maybe. Anyway. Yeah, hot takes. Hot takes all over the place. Um, so hopefully you guys like those, ingested those, and drink some water with all that spice. I uh, want to know hot takes as long as they don't involve uh, bigotry or um, just toxicity. You can disagree and not like something without being an absolute troll about it. Right, yeah. There's a lot of bigotry in what people think are like hot. Yeah. Takes, if so you tell me it's like, well, I didn't like this. I'm like, okay, why? Well, because black. Pe- nope. No. Nope. I'm done listening to they you. They were gay. <laughs> <laughs> why does? Why is that what bothers I, you? I won't so... out somebody, but there's you know somebody that exists in my life where we we saw Eternals and they're like, yeah, it was pretty good, but I could have done without the gay couple. And I was like, why? Though? Why? Anyways, are you gonna just deny that they exist? <laughs> yeah, or like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, also, I thought it was incredibly one of the most like organic. Oh, I love the Eternals. Yeah. I'm so glad that you pushed me to watch it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us so very much. It's been a blast. We love talking about all this stuff with you guys. Uh, give us some topics to talk about on our next episode. We just, you know, talk, uh, talk, 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 talk. Talk, talk. All right, until next time, guys, keep it real, and uh, we'll see you later. Needless to say, this place has everything. May the film be with you. Keep it real. (laughs) Needless to say, this place has everything. 60% of the time, it works every time.
What the fuck is a fan splash? Um, if you have drunk motor in your coffee machines, you should probably <laughs> switch to the sober toner. <laughs> we're not, we're not, uh, we're doing sober toner, toner bubber, and, uh, if